Section 20 of Essays on Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Essays on Art by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Translated by Samuel Gray Ward. Section 20 The Collector and His Friends. Letter 8. Part 2. Fourth Division. The Wavy. This name designates those who stand in opposition to the last named, and who love the soft and agreeable, without character and significance, by which means their highest attainment is an indifferent gracefulness. They were also called serpentine, and we called to mind the time when the serpentine line was adopted as the model and symbol of beauty, and this was thought a great step in progress. This serpentine and soft style manifests itself in artists as well as amateurs, by a certain weakness, sleepiness, and, if you will, sickly gracefulness. Such works are in demand by those who wish to find in a work of art something that is a little more than nothing at all, who never see the varied colors of a soap bubble in the air without delight. Works of this class can hardly be said to have a body or substance, so that their merit chiefly depends on the handling and a certain appearance of softness. They are wanting in meaning and power, and are therefore generally acceptable, as nullity is in society. For, rightly speaking, a social entertainment is but little more than nothing at all. As soon as the artist or amateur abandons himself to this one-sided inclination, art touches a despairing chord and disappears like a stream in the sand. The handling becomes weaker and more superficial, the colors vanish from the pictures, the lines of the engraver become points, and so by degrees, to the delight of soft amateurs, all ends in smoke. On my sister's account, who, as you know, does not understand joking on this subject, and becomes sad when anyone destroys her airy circle, we hurried briefly over this division. I had previously endeavored to fix the name of nebulists on this class, and so free my imaginative friends from it, and I hope that when you revise this matter you will take this change into consideration. Fifth Division. Artists in Little. This class came off well. No one found cause of quarrel with it. Many spoke for it, few against it. Looking only at the effect, they are not amiss. They cover a small space with the greatest care, and the amateur can possess the labor of years in a small casket. As far as their labor is artistic, they deserve the name of miniaturists. When they fail in spirit, have no feeling for the whole, cannot bring any unity into their work, they must be set down as dot and point makers. They are not in opposition to true art. They hold the same position towards it that the imitators do. They remind the true artist that this quality which they make exclusive must be added to his other talents to complete his culture and give to his work its highest perfection. I now remember that in my uncle's letter to you, this class was spoken of with consideration and forbearance, so we will dismiss these quiet people and trouble them no further than to wish them in all cases power, significance, and unity. Sixth Division. Sketchers. My uncle confessed himself a member of this class, and we were inclined not to say anything very bad concerning it, 
when he himself called upon us to take notice that it promoted a one-sidedness, equally dangerous for art with that of the heroes of other rubrics. It is the aim of art not only to address the soul through the outward sense, but to satisfy the outward sense itself. The soul may then accompany the sense, and not withhold its applause. But the sketcher addresses himself immediately to the soul, thus enchanting and bribing the inexperienced. A happy idea, only half shown, and as it were symbolically expressed, glides through the eye, stirs up the mind, the understanding, the imagination, and the beholder, taken by surprise, sees what does not exist. There is no longer any question about form, character, expression, grouping, harmony, execution. But instead we find an appearance of each. Mind speaks to mind, and the medium of communications is not. Those enchanting hieroglyphics, the admirable sketches of great masters, are the chief source of this passion, and lead the true amateur, by degrees, to the threshold of united art, from which he has no sooner cast a look forward than he is safe from falling back again. But the unfinished artist has more to fear than the amateur, when he stops to look around in the circle of sketching and fancy. For if he rashly steps through this door into the circle of art, he runs the risk of remaining forever on the threshold. These are nearly my uncle's own words. But I forget the names of those artists, who were mentioned as having raised great expectations by their talent, but falling into this error never fulfilled the hopes that were entertained of them. My uncle has in his collection a portfolio of the drawings of such artists, and says that interesting observations could be made by comparing these sketches with those of great masters, who also knew how to perfect their works. When we had got so far as to contemplate these six classes a while separately, we began to put them together again, as we often find them united in artists, of which I have noticed some instances in the course of my narrative. Thus, the imitator is often one with the artist in little, and also with the characteristic. The sketcher places himself by the side of the imaginative, the skeletist, or the wavy, and this last again unites himself with the phantomist. Every such union brought out some example of a work of high art, whilst the separate qualities, so long as we sought examples for them, could be shown only in rare instances. In this way, we came back to the consideration from which we had started, viz., that the perfect artist could only exist by the union of all six qualities, and that the true amateur must also unite an inclination for all the six departments. The first half of our six proceed with an excess of earnestness, severity, and caution, the other half with too much lightness and license. True art can only exist where the serious and the sportive are united, and when our one-sided artists and amateurs stand opposed to each other thus, the imitator to the imaginative, the characteristic to the wavy, the artist in little to the sketcher. Thus, by union of these opposites, the result is always one of the three requisites of a perfect work of art, as, by way of review, the whole can be exhibited in the following wise. Table First Column Earnestness Alone Individual Inclination Manner Imitators Characteristics Artists in Little Second Column Earnestness and Playfulness United Cultivation of the Universal Style Artistic Truth Beauty Perfection Third Column 
playfulness, alone, individual inclination, manner, phantomists, wavy, sketches. Here you have the synopsis of the whole. My task is accomplished, and I take my leave the more hastily, because I am convinced that a murmur of ascent or descent will spring up as soon as I come to an end. I must next set about what I have upon my heart, a confession that does not concern the Department of Art, and I will mend a pen for that purpose, for this one is so written up that I must turn it round to subscribe a name that I hope you will now, as ever, see with pleasure. Julia End of Section 20 Recording by Todd